The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I discuss everything from relationships, health, wellness, business, parenting, friendships. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick Brown, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Real Pod. We're back. <laughs> Appearance seven. My husband Max, who's arguably more popular and beloved and well liked okay, than is me. Completely false. <laughs> no, the pure pe- sidekick mode. The people love you. They love you. So, anyways, <laughs> I just did a recent solo episode where I did a relationship Q and A on all things relationships. You guys really enjoyed that one, and so I thought let's continue it this time, giving relationship advice. Who better to have join me? And my little sidekick bit. Than, no, uh, Max. Than no, Ma- it's good to be here. Then my husband. Maybe this I- is the first of uh, a series to come. And I think, yeah, that would be so fun. And I think you balance me out a lot. I just thought we'd have, you know, good differing, cohesive opinions that would help people. This is definitely our best advice. Take it with a grain of salt. Definitely do not live your life based on our, you know, witty, quick advice on this pod. But all of you submitted voice notes. If you follow my Instagram and the Real Pod Instagram, you saw there was a 24-hour submission portal. Thank you to everyone who submitted. I'm so sorry in advance if yours was not chosen. It's not even honestly that it wasn't chosen. We had so many, we couldn't listen to them all. So it's nothing personal. So anyways, without further ado, we're going to dive into our first question of the epi. Hi, Vic. So I'm kind of in an awkward situation. I have two guy friends who I'm really close with. And the three of us are like this little trio and we hang out all the time. And one night, one of the guys could not make it to the movie that we were going to go see. So it was just me and the other guy. Let's call him Michael. So Michael and I go to the movies and afterwards he ended up kissing me and we made out a couple times. But I was under the impression that we were just friends. And to this day, the other guy in our group, we'll call him John, has no idea that this occurred. And John and Michael are like best, best friends. And John does not know that anything happened between Michael and I. And I ended up friend zoning him, but he is still very persistent and is pursuing me. So I am now stuck in this awkward thing because I don't want it to ruin any of the friendships with either of them. So yeah, that's kind of where I am at the moment. <laughs> that is a juicy love triangle. Totally. Thing that jumps out right away, made out a couple of times. 
So she agreed to go back to the makeout, which means she was about it for a little bit. But, you know, you go to a movie, it's nighttime, you make out once, then you go get ice cream, then you come out, you make out again. Like, I think it was all in the same night. But she's kind of about Michael, like this idea, oh, I friend zoned him. Like, you but, know. But I think she might have been like, like Michael saw his window. John was out. Michael's <laughs> like, if it's not going to happen now, it's never going to happen. I'm going to a movie. Like, I honestly respect. Michael for making a play tonight. <laughs> Realizing he had yeah. to shoot all the other chance. I think that, first of all, she could have kissed him multiple times just because like, why not explore it? And then she realizes a few days later, a week later, she doesn't feel it. But I feel like these two are going to talk eventually. And I don't know how close you are, like how much you care about your friendships with them. Like if it's going to be lifelong friendships. But I think like anyone in my life that I care about, I'd rather tell them something than have them hear it from someone else. Like those guys are going to get drunk one night or be out. And then the one that kissed you is going to be like, dude, I got to tell you something. I, I don't, we don't so have. So you think girl needs to tell John and just be like, hey, I made out with Michael. I think she and has... we missed you and it would have been fun to have all three of us together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> oh. I knew you had such a serious face. I didn't know you were going to spin it that way. <laughs> I think she has to say, I got to tell you something. It's, shocking and awkward but that night we went to the movie we kissed each other but I don't feel anything for him and nothing's gonna happen moving forward but like I felt weird that you didn't know because we're so close and I didn't want there to be a secret that you didn't know I think the thing that makes this even better is that she's not into the other guy she's like but nothing's gonna happen it was like this weird one night where like we kissed I think you need to be honest Definitely, because you're living in fantasy land to think that you're hanging out with two dudes <laughs> and one of them doesn't want to bang they, you. They both are probably in love with her is the thing. 100%. And so she needs to set the standard straight. So that's our consensus and our advice. You should tell him. And we wish you all the best with that conversation. Yeah. Okay, here's the next one. And Michael, one. hey, keep battling, man. You get, you get friend zone, dude. Keep battling. Hey, Vic. First off, love you and Max so much. So super excited that you're doing this. But my boyfriend and I, we are going, we're coming up on our four-year anniversary. And we actually have always lived separately. I'm in a studio apartment. He's in a one-bedroom. And we're like basically next-door neighbors. So it works out really well. And it's gotten to the point where maybe three nights out of the week, we stay over at each other's places. And then the other few nights of the week, we're by ourselves. And Honestly, I love that schedule. I think we're very independent and I absolutely love that time to myself. But I guess it's getting to the point where because I love the system so much, like, is there something I should be looking for to know that I'm ready to move in with my partner? Because nothing's really like coming up where I feel the need. And I'm hoping that's not like a red flag. So just curious if you guys have any weigh in on the matter. These are good. Yeah, that one's from Charlie. These are good, but they're like next door neighbors. So what happens the four nights where they don't spend the night? But they that, just like shake hands and go their separate no, directions? No, I think that's what she's saying. Like maybe she comes home late from work and she's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Like I think yeah. she likes the routine of like, I don't have to be with him every single night. And we can we, we can relate to that. When we were fresh out of college, we liked, you know, having our separate, I don't, yeah. separate like lives. I don't think right out of college, I would have wanted to live with Max if that was even like a possible situation. I do understand some people are like, it's so stupid. I'm paying my rent and I spend four or three nights a week somewhere else. But like, the reality is it doesn't sound like Charlie is ready to move in with her boyfriend. And so like, I think that's fine. I think keep doing this until eventually you get to a place where you're like, ah, oh, I do want to live with him. And I'm, that's something that you want, but do not live with someone when you're not like a hundred percent certain you want to live with someone. It is so hard to come back from that and to, to break that off. Like 
I think if you're living with someone, it's because you're very certain that you think the next step is marriage, but you want to live with them first before doing that. Totally. The second you move in with someone, the stakes for everyone involved, you know, ramp up. And I know for us, what's interesting is they, neither of them have roommates, which I feel like most people, when they have roommates, that's the deciding factor of, Hey, it's time to move in with another. Cause like I know in, in my situation, my homies, we all reached a point where it was like my other buddy had his girlfriend they were iron, iron to move in. I had another buddy moving to a new city and it just kind of happened naturally for me. It was like age 25, 26. It's interesting that they don't have roommates because that's usually the driving factor. But yeah, if you're not, if you're not feeling it, definitely not a red flag. Don't yeah. put that pressure on yourself. No, I definitely think, not a red flag. Agree. I don't think that means that this couldn't be your person one day. I just think it means right now in your life, it's not what you want. I don't think you need to look further into that. Like, I think there's all these like toxic things about love. Like if you met them, you'd be like, like, yes, when you know, you know, but knowing takes time but it probably doesn't take more than a year. And I also respect <laughs> how she didn't bring up the money thing. Obviously that nets out differently with everyone, but usually that's the driving factor, right? It's like, oh, we're saving money. It makes sense. Good on her for, you know, not having that be like the, the crutch, so to speak. Yeah, because I do think if you do move in with someone romantically for money reasons, you're going to look back one day when you have that really ugly breakup and all the families are involved and like you've been living with them for, you're going to maybe think like yeah. it was worth spending the extra little bit for my own place. She seems dialed. She seems locked in. Yeah, Charlie. Thanks for submitting. Good stuff, Charlie. Hi, Victoria. Hope you're doing well and gearing up for a wonderful holiday. Um, I'm calling in from Chicago and congratulations to you and Max. I know you all are newly married. Um, My husband and I got married around the same time as you and we are in the midst of navigating those not so fun adult conversations of how to plan for our future, um, balance our finances, as a team um, to build, you know, a successful life together. So curious how you and Max are approaching those in a happy and healthy, respectful way with one another to build your future together. Thank you. Bye. This is top of mind. We literally are we having have this all the time. Yeah, we are having these conversations right now. The tough ones. This is like a pretty real example of us having a riff in our own relationship. I called Max because something happened in my business, which was a really exciting, great thing. And it was a win. And I thought, okay, great. This thing happened. So I finally want to get myself a new car and upgrade my car to something nicer. And I called Max super excited. And I said like, yay, this deal happened. Like I'm getting my car. And Max was like really supportive. And he took the time right there on the call to validate. I'm so happy for you. He said, you work your ass off. Like I fully support you getting the new car. And then he said, like, however, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth. I said, yeah, however, we also are saving up for a potential house purchase down the line. And, you know, the second most expensive purchase outside of a house purchase for most people is a car. And I was just this is part of the, 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 the riff is I was communicating to Vic that, hey, if we do this car purchase, it might set us back on the house purchase. And the riff happened where Vic anticipated that I was going to say that she wanted me to just be all celebratory and thinking that that my, my comment was just obvious. It didn't need to be said because it's an obvious comment. From my perspective, I was like, it would be irresponsible as a couple to not address that if you're making the number two biggest purchase, how it impacts number one biggest purchase. And I felt bad because I knew where Vic was coming. I don't want to be the Grinch, Grinch energy, but I also dug my heels in because I was like, 
the second that you start ignoring those hard conversations and you know, I, I don't communicate to my wife that, hey, here's how I'm thinking about things, that's how people get in trouble where it's like, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We can't have that conversation. Well, that's how you, in my opinion, you, you get into a potentially a tough spot. Yeah. And I think there's some takeaways and learning lessons from us and for others in this situation. Like when Max said that, like it, I don't want to say it triggered me, but like it, it poked me a little bit and I was, I was upset and I was giving him a little bit more tone and attitude. Like, obviously I know that, like, I want to get this car. Like I've been talking about this for a year. It's not a rash purchase. Like I was kind of talking to him like that. Like I was frustrated and he was like, I know I never said you couldn't get the car. Like, you know, so we're kind of arguing and I was driving to the grocery store actually to get us groceries. And so I was just like, I'm at the grocery store. I said, let me go get the groceries. Let's just pause. And I need to just gather my thoughts and we can talk when I get home. And he said, okay, love you. And I said, love you. And we hung up. And I think that that is something I wouldn't have done a while ago is like put something on pause. I think for anyone who feels like they can't apologize or they're too stubborn, like it's probably because you're in the thick of a moment and it's like your ego is consuming you. If anyone listened to A New Earth, your ego and your pain body is consuming you. So we took 15 minutes apart. I went and I did the grocery shopping, you know, and then I got to think about it. Why does this upset me so much? Where is he coming from? Like, always try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. The moral of the story is, you know, we argued for what, 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. And the conclusion was like, I see where you're coming from. You see where I'm coming from. Like in hindsight, I can't blame myself for reacting the way that I did. But I think we kept it at like a level seven, level seven. It was like a healthy, healthy conversation, healthy debate. And then it came back to five and it wasn't like someone won or someone lost. It was just yeah. like, all right, I could have been better here. You could have been better here. I can't blame myself for doing this. I can't blame you for doing this. All right. But we're continuing to have that dialogue and continuing to have that yeah. communication, which in my opinion is the most important thing. To answer the question, you know, there's an example of how we handled it. I would say, and Max does a good job of reminding me this, like we have agreed to be a team working towards the same future that we're going to share together. And him making that comment about, oh, this is going to maybe delay us on the house because this, you know, whatever. I have to not think, oh, Max doesn't want me to be happy and Max doesn't want me to buy something nice for myself. It's like, no, he's on paper giving me a logical reminder about the future. And then I have to express to him, I want to feel like you're 100% stoked and you would get in my new car and hype me up and play music and be like, and not be rolling your eyes like you don't think this was the right choice. Like I want to be aligned on it. And so I think we got to a good place. Well said. So, you know, these things are hard, but I think the important thing is you have to have the conversations and try to have them from a place of teamness and understanding and try to check your own ego, like check your own ego. And anyone who feels like they have ego problems, please listen to so much to say. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating nutritious foods easy with plans that fit every lifestyle. And they have so many different recipes to suit your taste buds. My favorite part about Green Chef is how convenient and easy it is. Max and I are not in a routine of grocery store shopping. It just takes time. And also, I feel like I always buy a bunch of stuff I don't need and you got to drive there. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Green Chef is convenient and easy and takes all those problems away. They deliver everything you need right to your door. They provide step-by-step -step instructions for their recipes, including wholesome dinners that can be ready in 30 minutes or less. They have 10-minute lunches. They have grab-and-go lunches, and they have everything, whether you are vegan, 
or you're vegetarian or you're looking for something protein packed, Green Chef has so many options. I particularly love their vegan meals. Max has been enjoying them too. I'm not like fully vegan, but I think it is nice to just have a fully meatless meal every once in a while because I'm so used to eating meat at every meal. And so it's super nice. And I'm not like an amazing like vegan cook. So that's just been great. And here's the thing. For Green Chef's best deal of the year, you can get $250 off with code REALPOD250 at greenchef.com slash REALPOD250. So once again, head to greenchef.com slash realpod250, where you will get $250 off with code realpod250. This is their best deal of the year. So don't miss out on it. Greenchef.com slash realpod250. Use code realpod250 for $250 off. Today's episode with Max is sponsored by our mutual favorite. We are obsessed Element. We love Element. I actually got Max hooked on Element. It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. It's formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs. And Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and so many other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. That is personally why we love it. We travel so much. We're on the go. We're just like exhausted. And whenever I'm feeling fatigued or achy, I always drink Element. It just honestly revives me. And Max is the same way. And whenever one of us goes to make it, we're like, do you want one too? We yell to the other room and it's always, yes, please. And then we make our Element together. How cute is that? Right now, Element is offering RealPod listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. So that's eight single serving packets for free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors. Pro tip, raspberry and citrus are what I think are the best ones. But we all have different taste buds. Okay, that's fine. And you can get yours at drinkelement.com slash realpod. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drink, D-R-I-N-K, L-M-N-T dot com slash realpod. It's totally risk-free. So if you don't like it, you can get your money back. So you have nothing to lose. That's drinkelement.com slash Real Pod, it is my absolute favorite electrolyte drink mix. This next one is from Caitlin. Hi, Victoria and Max. Thank you so much for letting us come in here and ask our questions. My name is Caitlin. I live in Sacramento, California. And I was wondering, how do you forgive your partner after they've said something very hurtful that really hits upon one of your insecurities? Thanks. Oh, that one's kind of sad. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. I feel like it depends like what the thing is that hit on the insecurity. Like were you in a fight and they said something really cruel like and you're just like your mom who's the worst. Like it's like I don't know if it's something or like now I understand why you don't have any friends. Like there's like below the belt like cruel comments that I don't think are that forgivable. I think that's the true colors of someone. I would never say something to you that was like like I think there's a difference between that and then you making a comment about food where like last night Max kind of made a joke I was like can I have I was like can I have ice cream and he was like yeah and I was like I just want a scoop and he was like no you get the whole pint because you've been a good girl and I was like don't say that yeah (laughs) but that's not like that hit an insecurity but it's not like a cruel malicious thing it's just me reminding you of a boundary totally totally and that's it's tough because I don't know if we've ever had like a below the belt out of left field comment. So that's difficult. But I think, you know, you got to address it head on. And, you know, is that the is that comment 
hidden behind some sort of trauma or some other factor that they're trying to surface something much deeper. My sense is that nine times out of 10, the answer to that is yes, that that comment is the root of something else you need to address. Mm -hmm. Or it's the root of, like you said, a huge character flaw where, you know, you might need to, you know, reassess where, where, where things are at. Yeah. Also, the apology can tell you a lot. Totally. If the person totally. is crying, like, I'm so sorry. That was so uncalled for. There's never an excuse for me to say something like that. Like, I'm so mad at myself for doing that. Like, I promise that'll never happen again. Like, I think you can tell a lot in someone's apology. And I do think a good rule of thumb for relationships is always a second chance and never a third. And I live by that. I give that advice to my friends. I think everyone deserves a second chance, not a third. And if you give someone a second chance, you have to fully give it to them and trust them and move forward. But there's a lot of contextual things that I think you'd need to think about. That's a great response. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yep, yep, love it. Okay. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, just wondering if you guys can provide any sort of advice for all the single people out there, uh, regardless of whether they've been in a relationship before or haven't. I just know it's really hard for a lot of people to kind of hold out hope that their person is out there for them, myself included. So, you know, if you guys have any wisdom to impart about that, that would be greatly appreciated. Ooh, loaded one. Loaded one. I go right away as, you know, be the person that you would want to date and show up for yourself on a, on a daily basis, right? Are you the person that's coming in with bubbly energy and a positive attitude and a glasses half full type of mentality, then great. I think that attracts a certain type of individual. If you're the type of person that's the other way and it's woe is me and it's, you know, poor me and all that, you know, it's obviously the other direction. I get the sense that that's not her energy, but I think for me, leaning into events and being a yes man or woman is another or person or person. Yeah. And I also think don't put a clock on yourself. That's one thing that I think people when it's, hey, I'm 23 and I need to have XYZ or I'm 21 and I need to have this or I'm 25 and I need to be married. People that put themselves on a clock, in my opinion, add a unnecessary pressure that you can feel when you're in social situations that again, won't attract, in my opinion, your dream person. Because I think that dream person comes about naturally when you're in your flow state and you're out there being your best self versus if you're up against the clock, not only may you not find that person, but I also think you might attract the wrong person and convince yourself it's the right person. Yeah. And then at 27 or I don't know how old you are, but then you look back and you're like, oh man, this isn't the right person. And there's more of a clock and more pressure and whatnot. So show up, be your best self and throw the clock out the window. Yeah, I love that. And what I was going to say was really about time. There's been so many women I've met through work who like Chanya Rad was really vocal about being single into her 30s and like not having a relationship. And actually, this is like a random, like if someone wants like a tangible takeaway, she told me that she read the book Calling in the One and she said it was like amazing. And if you go read the reviews on Amazon, all the reviews are like, I read this book and then met this person or I read this book. It's like so wild. I haven't read it, but Tanya read it and then met who she, the man she's now engaged to. But Tanya Rad, Aaron Foster, just two people I've seen like on Instagram find love later into their lives and be so vocal about how they're so glad they never settled for anything less. And that when they were in their 20s, like 
just they were so consumed with it and they wish they just enjoyed their life because like that person's going to come when they're going to come. And I know it's hard. It's hard when all of your friends have gotten married, when all of them, them have gotten engaged. And then you think to yourself, oh, when it's my turn, everyone's going to be over it. Or they're going to be having kids like just try as much as you can not to compare your timeline to someone else's because yours is going to be different and it's different and it's beautiful and it's made for you. And I'm sure it's hard to hold out that hope. And obviously we're speaking from a position of being married pretty young, but I think the timeline thing is what gets a lot of people worked up. And I also know it's super ignorant of me as a male to talk about the clock because it's a different dynamic there. So right. <laughs> that's not lost upon me. But one last little nugget from my end, uh, Vic and I fell in love during one of the most difficult times of our life. I was transferring my football career, had a huge hurdle there and had to move across the country and whatnot. And so looking back, it's funny that one of the most negative time periods of my life resulted in me finding the love of my life, which, you know, I don't know what mental state you're in, but I think it doesn't have to be all sunshine and rainbows in every aspect of your life to find that person. You might find them in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. And a little metaphor I love, and I've actually heard this about happiness, but I think it applies to relationships is like, it's like a butterfly. If you go try to catch it, you never will. But if you just sit and do you like it might land on you one day. And I always think about that when I get really eager and consumed with something I think I want to have out in the universe and I can't control, but feel for you. And I know that it will all work out. We have a lot of friends who are single. True that. Hi, Vic. Hi, Max. I hope you guys are doing well. On to my dilemma. So I have this guy best friend I've known for about eight years. We are also family friends, which makes things a little more complicated. But I have a major crush on him. I think he's the guy I'm going to marry. Yeah, love of my life. And all my friends know that. However, I don't know if he knows the extent I like him. And I don't necessarily know if he feels the same. Now, this summer, one thing led to another. We ended up making out, but never talking about it. Even the day after, acted like everything was normal. And we live very far apart. And we're both in our early 20s, going to school. So we only see each other about twice a year and we talk every few weeks. So definitely not the best communication, but I'm just wondering, should I try to make something work? Should I bring up the kiss? Should we talk about it? Should we date? Do you want to just give some advice to your younger selves about dating in college? That would be so great. You already got the hardest part out of the way. They've made out. Okay, I They've actually made out. I have a crazy answer for this. Go. Oh. If it were me and I thought that this guy was the guy I was gonna marry one day, I'm a psycho, but I I'm sweet but psycho. I would try to find a way to like have another like event, like whether there's a concert out at his school. Wait, or, I like, was gonna say make up a flight, like on yes, spring break, like yes, fly yes, out yes. and be like, I'm in town for so and so. Would love to have a coffee, bring it up, Fully. no pressure, and then just be like so what about that makeout on New Year's no, Eve? No, no, like, no, no, no. That yeah. that's not how you play it. You you get you get in the same city somehow. You look hot AF. You dress up. You go out and like you're just flirty and you're your vibrant self and like you give him some looks and like and then come like twelve or one like you'll be able to read like is he grabbing you by your waist? Is he buying you drinks? Like and then if you're a little like li liquid courage, you could be like. Are you ever gonna talk like are you ever gonna talk about the kiss? Like no, I, don't 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 be don't be sassy to my guy. My guy no, no, no. but my guy's no, obviously, flirty, flirty, like, so are we ever gonna talk about it? And like sip your straw. Well, I get the sense that this guy doesn't know how to bring it up and he might not be 
you know, super dynamic in this in this type of situation. She's probably just nervous as shit. That's why I think they need to hook up again. If you can be at a bar, at a party, at a concert, at a dinner, like I think just nighttime is good energy. You can't deny that. And then like, I think you can read the room from there. I like that. Like invite them to a concert. I want to go this. You want to go right now? It's the holidays. Like hopefully they're going to see each other for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Love a good holiday rekindle or or New Year's and it will it will fix itself out. But I definitely think that there's a pathway here. Yeah, there's a pathway here. You need to get into the same place again where you could possibly hook up like that same kind of energy environment. And then another thing you could do. I think it's always nice if you don't want to handle like rejection to your face. I would tell someone like, ask so-and-so if like they're, they're still into me or just say like, Vic's looking cute tonight. What do you think? And like, just ask them to read the room, come back and tell you. My gut says this dude's going to shut down if a third party gets involved because he's going to get embarrassed and he knows that the stakes are super high because they're family friends. I would just throw an alley-oop softball to this dude and be like, let make out. We never really talked about that. Like, you know, where, what, what are you thinking? Where's your head at? And then he'll either you know, he'll blush and get embarrassed. And I would not hit there. it that head on. This dude's 100% into her. 100%. Okay. Then I think life is, sh- but also timing. She said this could be a person with age. I want to spoil it. She said advice for college dating. Take the temperature down. Don't put so much pressure on it. Even if he's like, yeah, I might have feelings for you. Like it doesn't have, you don't have to be engaged in two months. Yeah. You just want to have the conversation because the second you get out of college, you know, yeah, things, I, things could pick up. Also, I once in high school, there was a guy I liked and I wanted him to be at this like concert event my friends and I were going to. And so when I asked him if he was going, he said no. I was like, oh, my God, but we actually have an extra ticket that we're like trying to sell for super cheap. I like fully bought the t- an extra ticket and I just did that because I wanted him to be there. So that's the be there method. It's a little cryptic, but I like it. I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. Okay. It's stalkerish if a guy does it, but if, if an exactly. unassuming nice girl does it. Okay. Next question. We hope that helps. Okay. I recently just got the cutest pair of slippers from Bionic. It's called the Sakura Mule. I got them in the color wheat. They are adorable. It's like this tan beigey color. They're braided. But the best part is that not only are they just a really cute, comfortable slipper, but all of Vionic's shoes have their built-in exclusive Viomotion technology. And Vionic began by revolutionizing medical orthotics. So today, they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long and are so supportive on just your feet and your arches. And I seriously can't say enough about how much I love Vionic slippers, especially. I'm just at home a lot and I'm walking around barefoot and my feet are just flattening out and flattening out. And I feel like it hurts my ankles and then it hurts my back. And it's crazy how it's like all connected. And so when I'm wearing my Vionic slippers, specifically my brand new wheat colored Sakura mules, I not only am so comfortable, but my feet are just, gosh, they're in heaven. Trust me on this one. Use code REALPOD15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. This is one-time use only, so make sure you use it. Head to www.vionicshoes.com. Use code REALPOD15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. When you log into your account, one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Today's episode is also sponsored by Quince. You guys, Quince is so amazing. Please, like, just trust me. Go to quince.com slash realpod. Look around and you're going to be shook to your core because 
Quince offers a range of high quality items with prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, washable silk tops and dresses, cotton sweaters and comfy pants. I can't get over how cute and stylish and honestly so in all of Quince's clothing is. Yet when you look at the price tag, you're like, wait, what? That's so much lower than I would have expected. And if you go to quince.com slash realpod, you get free shipping on your order. So it couldn't even get better. Get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com slash realpod for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C.com slash realpod to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash real pod. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, which we love. So head to quince.com slash real pod. Go to quince.com slash real pod for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash real pod to get free shipping and 365 day returns. How's it going? I'm in the shower, so just ignore the water in the background. I have a question for Max. Um, how do you support Victoria with issues that you've never dealt with and be there for her when you don't understand what she's going through? Thanks, guys. thought I knew this guy at first. Um, I don't. <laughs> uh, I listen. That's one thing I've had to grow in a big way. I That was something Vic and I battled on the first few years uh, of our relationship is when she would have an issue and when she was going through something, I would right away go coach mode, right away go problem solver mode, which my gut says there's a lot of dudes out there listening that do the exact same thing. And it's not from like a malicious standpoint. I think it's more from a, a standpoint of we don't know what to say. And so the only like legitimate feedback that we have is like constructive, constructive feedback, trying to find a solution to the problem. And one thing that I've grown in, especially with, like you said, keyword issues that I cannot relate to is just listen and support and be a sounding board because that's one thing. It's been a couple of years since we, we, we battled on this. But, because you've gotten a lot better at comforting me. That used and then to- you come to me with stuff, which is great versus I was on that slippery slope of if you keep playing coach mode, then you're going to have to go to other people for, you know, that venting sesh. And that was really hard for me because I was like, I love Max. He's my best friend. And he's at the time was like my boyfriend or my fiance. But why is he person four or five I want to go to in a crisis? And like, I didn't want that. I want him to be number one. That's my person in life. But I just never felt like he listened or he understood like, he just wanted to solve the problem. And actually, there's like a hilarious YouTube video about this. I will put it on my stories today. It's this really funny video. So go to my stories and I'll play the video. But I explained to him, you know, I don't want an answer. I just want you to be there for me. And I've noticed you. It's super <laughs> sweet. You have all this restraint in you. You'll be like, I'm sorry, babe. That's hard. Yeah, and then so you're I'm, like, I'm, I'm still a little stiff. Still a little like, stiff. We're working on it. We're working on it, Jay. But I do think that like it is just listening. And then something else that's helped both Max and I, it's helped me in my friendships, is saying to someone, do you want me to give you advice? I was just about to say Or that. do you want me to listen? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't say it that way. I, uh, I ask Vic, can I give you some advice? Or like, do you want some advice? And I ask that to give permission because... And this is a little sidebar. One of my big pet peeves in society is people love bestowing their wisdom upon you, even if it's like not <laughs> asked, just in general, whether it's workplace or in life. 
And I think by asking permission to give that advice, one, you respect that person's boundaries, but then two, it's also acknowledging the fact that like, I know I'm stepping out of bounds a little bit here. Like I know I'm going coach mode. I know I'm going, yeah, a little bit like constructive criticism. Can I do that? Because then, you know, I have something good to say or potentially a well thought through response. And sometimes I do want his advice. I want him to coach me up in something or, you know, give a solution. I will say, I think it's better phrased it. Would you like advice or would you like me to just listen and support you? Because then there's like an or versus do you want my advice? It's like when someone says no. Then you're just fucking sitting there. Like. Yeah. Well, you're right. But I, I asked that after like a few minutes of like being there. At least I think I do. Nowadays. Yeah. Maybe I don't. And sometimes I will have the confidence to say, no, like I know what to do. It's just shitty. And I'm just I just want to voice it because I have no one else to vent to. Like, yeah. so I think also if you're on the other side, have confidence to say no. And then my last thing I would say, Jade, just be leading with your truth. Ugh, like, I'm sorry. Like seeing you hurt hurts me like. I wish I could understand so that I could know what the right thing is to do. But please know that like I'm here for you and you can always vent to me and I love you. Jay, I hope some of this was helpful for you. I think those were some good nuggets, babe. Hi, Victoria. I just want to say I absolutely love your podcast and all you're doing on RealPod and with everything of your platform and you as a human being. So just thank you so much. So my question is, I know it might be in guy's nature to like not really pick up on helping when we as the women need help but don't want to ask for it. So my question for you is how do you get Max to help without asking for help or having to ask for help? And then Max, what goes through your head whenever we're trying to probe that question but that it, it might just go through the other ear? I don't know. I don't mean to be rude or mean with that. It's just, it's something that is very challenging in a relationship, trying to get them to see that we might need help or would like help, but we as women don't want to have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. I love y'all both. Thank you so much. Has Lydia been miking our apartment? (laughs) This is like literally, I feel like a huge growth moment for me in 2023 with Vic, for sure. I'll let you start then. Yeah. Vic and I established a standard in our relationship where like Vic had her errands and I had my errands. She cleans up her desk. I clean up my desk. Yeah, we, we, the, the, the communal things like the dishes and the whatever we would do like together. I, you know, but yeah, like my side of the bathroom, your side of the bathroom. Last night's a perfect example. There was a pizza on the stove that Vic cooked. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's fixed pizza. I can go to bed. We're good to go. But I was like, no, we're a team. We're playing team ball here. I was like, (laughs) I will put the pizza away. She's relaxing on the couch. I will put it in the Tupperware and move on. And like, that's just not how it was wired before. And the way I got there is honestly, it took a few times for Vic to address it. Can I jump in here? I honestly think if people listen to our, was it like our last uh, Q&A we did on marriage? And we had the whole debate about the dishes and I had this joke about the post-it notes. I was like, I leave you the post-it notes and he does us on the list. And that was like, that was like stage one. And then eventually I think, you know, I I grew irritated of like, why am I having to write, take the trash out? Like you should see it's full and take it out. And also I want a disclaimer, like Max is incredibly helpful. Like I think that the standard of guys, unfortunately, like I feel very lucky that Max, like, like last night will do that, even though it sometimes feels like the bare minimum. But I can think of a poignant example of like, I think a few weeks ago, I was like, babe, will you just clean up our bathroom, please? And you were like, yeah, of course. And so then like you did it. And then like I went in and I was like, wait. And it was your side that was clean and my side that was a mess. And I came out and was like, can you just clean my side too? Like I have a lot going on. Whether it was, I was like, 
like, and you know, it was like, you didn't think like, oh, I could clean up her stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I just hate, and for any guys listening, I hate feeling like a liability. I hate feeling like one of my pet peeves is when all the girls gather on the fire pit and they're like, oh men, oh boys, they don't know how to like pick up and whatnot. Cause I hate that. Right. That's on us. Right. We gotta be, we gotta be better than that. We gotta hold our weight. And you know, I think I was probably better than most dudes, but still not great. We're getting better. I think I've, you know, made some strides the past three or four months, but it gets back to that, you know, team mentality. And for any guys where it's going in one year out the other, like you got to get right, man. That's a reality check. Cause what if, you know, what if the roles are reversed? What if you asked your partner to do something and she forgot? Like that's so annoying when, you know, when that happens for, for me asking yeah. you things, you know? And I think a really like great statement I see online is like, you are not your partner's mother. And like, I think there's times where like, we want to do things for each other where we're taking care of each other. But like relationships where like guys graduate from their own mom to like a woman who they expect is going to do all the things their mom did. Like, this is your partner, not your child. Like, you don't have to take care of them like they're a baby. And unfortunately that I don't experience this because Cheryl's the best mother-in-law in the world. But unfortunately, there are probably some mothers who are like, are you cooking for my son? Are you doing this for my son? And it's like, oh, please, lady. Like, no, like your son can do that for me. My Yaya does that to me. She'll be like, are you cooking for Max? I'm like, no, I'm also working. Max is working. We order takeout. Like, we're equal. (laughs) Yeah, Lydia, I want to give you one like tangible thing too because I think it's a good question. The list that Vic mentioned has been game-changing for me. And it's game-changing because it's right on our kitchen table. It has the five elements that I need to do, the five things I need to do. Happened last week before I uh, took a flight out for work. And it's right in front of my face. I either did these things or I didn't. It's not something that I can just brush under the rug. It's not something, oh, I forgot I did that. No, it's right on the kitchen table. You check it off the list right when you did that. I think that's a good starting point to communicate the things that you want (laughs) offloaded onto him and the expectation. And honestly... Max will hate that I'm saying this, but it's kind of true. You have to train men. You have to train them. Like you have to explain. Like we were in phases where I was like, Max, clean up the kitchen. He like puts all of his dishes away. And then I'm like, no. And you need to take your paper towel. You need to spritz it with the soap. You need to wipe the counter. Like you have to kind of like baby them through it, unfortunately. And then they're sharp and they learn and then they do it. And now like the list is something that like we still do sometimes, but I would say we're now more 50% into the region of you just help and I don't ask you and it's great. And the biggest thing is, is the list means that you're not nagging me. The list is just there. I see the list. Those are my tasks. Boom. Yeah. Also, be cognizant of when you're picking a fight about something because it's that actual thing or there's something underneath the surface. If you're going to get in like a, a crazy fight about, you didn't wipe the counter. I told you to wipe the counter. But what you're trying to say is, I feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world. I feel like I'm doing it all by myself. I need you to support me or I'm at my breaking point. Like you need to communicate why you're actually frustrated and not just take it out on the dish he didn't wipe because those are the bigger problems. Otherwise, it's going to keep coming up and he's going to be pissed because once again, the guy is not going to say, oh my gosh, maybe she is really stressed doing all these things that she's done. No, he's just like, she's getting all worked up over this damn dish. Like they're taking it so literally. So- you know, I know this is like a really heterosexual example and like gender stereotypes mega, but that's our experience. We are definitely clipping that response for the intro of this. Uh, you know, okay. down against the damn dish. <laughs> we, no, that was a thorough answer. That's a good question. Okay. Yeah. Great question. We only have time for a few more, unfortunately. Hi, Victoria and Max. So this is Shan. Um, I'm from India. 
So, um, my partner is Irish, and we've been together for almost five years. The only problem that I have with him is he does not communicate, and he shuts down. So, you know, I just wanted a little bit of advice on how I can deal with that when he shuts down and he just gets angry and he the, the first thing he does is to say leave me alone instead of telling me what's wrong so I always have to like figure out you know what's going on with him and he doesn't tell me so I just wanted to be like you know how do I deal with that I think for me when someone shuts down when you escalate your response to that then the thing escalates even further it's compounds then it's out of control if your partner shuts down I think you got to bring it down to like a two and like, babe, why'd you just shut down right there on me? Like, like all the way down and then unpack it from there. Yeah. Well, I was even going to say, first of all, hi, Jen, you sound like so sweet. Yeah. Or, my bad. Hi, Jen. No, no, no. You're good. Sorry. You're good. You're good. I, I love it. Max is passionate Sorry. about helping you, Jen. First of all, you are so sweet. And I can tell you care a lot about your partner because at the end of the day, that's what this is. Right. And I do relate to this in the sense that while Max doesn't shut down and like, not speak to me. He doesn't always tell me what's going on. And I've had to be more mindful of trying to ask him, not just how was work today, but like, and were you feeling anxious today? Like switching the question to like, yeah. And you do a really good job of if I am in that shutdown mode, rather than being like, you're sure everything's okay. It doesn't sound okay. Like that response is annoying. You do a really good job of like, come and sit down and be like, like what's going on or like yeah. I, I, I can sense that like did something happen at work or whatever and you take it down to a level two or three where I feel like I can engage and it's like all right she's in my corner and I feel like the specific questions are helpful like how is Billy and like are you guys still working on this project or like I think the specific questions like allow them to open up a bit more I also think that the next time that your partner shuts down I don't think that you have to address it right in that moment. I think sometimes it's better when they're in a good mood. And obviously you guys have been together for five years. So there's got to be some great times in there. I think like the next day or when you're on a walk and things are okay, you could say something general and not use examples because Max has always gives me this advice in just work situations is and friends is like, don't give an example because then they nitpick the example and then they argue about the example, but it's really the high level. And so I think the next time you're at a walk or you're at lunch, you could just say something like, sometimes I feel like I want better insight into how you're feeling so that I can be there for you and support you. And I want you to feel like you can tell me anything. Do you feel like I set up that environment for you? Is there anything I can be doing to make you feel more comfortable opening up to me? Like I would phrase it like that. No one's in trouble. No one's done anything wrong. You're not giving a specific example. You're just saying like, I want to show up for you more and I want you to know I'm a place for you to come. How can I do that better? And like, is there anything you're needing from me? I also think your advice of telling the person how it makes you feel is good as well. So like, yeah. I get the sense that when you come home after work and it's a busy day, sometimes it feels like you're you're shut off and that makes me feel like I can't communicate with my partner with my teammate and then that makes me frustrated anxious because I don't know where to go and I love you more than anything and I want to establish this level of communication you like put the focus back on you rather than an undertone of finger pointing at your uh, your significant other yeah I think that's a good call you know and it's to that common goal of closeness like and it makes me feel like I don't know what's always going on with you. Or it makes me feel like you don't want me involved in that dilemma or to be your your teammate in this. So 
I think that that would be best. So Jen, wishing you the best of luck. Thanks, Jen. It sounds like you even asked the question from a place of love. So I know you'll come to your partner from a place of love. Okay, we have one final question. Hi, I'm a huge fan. But my question is, how do you know when doing long distance with somebody is worth it? How do you know that you're not taking away from their life experience or whatever they're doing in dating long distance? It's a deep one to end on. A deep one to end on, and hopefully it's a pretty black and white answer. For me, I just knew I wanted to be with you. There was no I'm taking away from you because I knew like long term, it was net positive, right? It went. I had, we had the luxury of I was one foot in, one foot out of college. So you could kind of taste that next phase of life versus if you're talking from like a early on in college lens, it might be a lot more difficult, which I can't relate to. And we did three years long distance for anyone who didn't know that we did it cross country too. I would say like, if maybe you're not ready to say I'm going to marry this person, but you are like, I do not want to break up with this person. I know that for sure. I think you enter long distance. And then I think it's really important to have a secure attachment style that you're both experiencing. And actually, I was like talking about attachment styles earlier this week at a mental health class I was um, visiting. And I was looking at the attachment styles and I was like, we totally are secure attachment. If I think about our travel and I think about how independent we are in our lives, we're securely attached. Like, I know I can count on you. I know I love you. I know we respect each other. And that allows me to still live my life and have my own things. And I think you don't have to be doing long distance and glued to your phone every day and feeling like you can't go to a party. Like if your partner is texting you like, well, I really wish you were home to FaceTime me. That's a red flag. Like they should be like, have so much fun and like call me in the morning and tell me how it was or like just text me when you're home safe. So I think if you're not ready to break up with this person, that's how you know you should be doing long distance. And then as far as not wanting to take away experiences from their life, just don't encourage them to do it. When Max football didn't work out and he said, I want to move to New York. I lived in LA. I had no idea what that meant. Like he was like, I'm, I want to choose to move across the country, but I knew that I had to let him flap his wings and go soul search. Because if I said, Nope, I need you here. And I don't want to do long distance. And if you move to New York, it means you doesn't, you don't really love me. He would have never moved. He probably would have resented it. He would have not been happy. He would have wondered what could have happened. So I let him live his life and we made the relationship work. And then he, he ended up coming back and it scratched that itch, you know? Totally. And if you are feeling like you're taken away from that person and there is, you are at that phase of your life, I guess I would just say it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a crash and burn ugly thing. Maybe there is a place for that if you have the level-headed grown-up type of conversation, which... I think just depends on what phase of life you're in. And long distance is such a good test. I think like if you such can, a good test. if you survive long distance, you're definitely like going to have great communication and work well together. And I think it's it can be a really great challenge and you could try to view it optimistically, although I know they will be sad and you'll miss them. Anyways, such great questions. That was good. Real Gosh, Pod fans brought their A game. I love the Real Pod squad. They just killed it today. And thank you, babe, for joining me. So you killed hopefully, it. Uh, hopefully it was, it was helpful. I hope this was helpful. Love you all so much. We'll definitely do something like this again where you can send in your questions and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everyone.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.